Hi, welcome to Change Nerds. I'm Kara Sundar. And I'm Adnan Ali. Today we're here with Kataya Plummer. Kataya is a senior business analyst. She's got tons of experience. She's a scrum master, product owner, disciplined agile practitioner, and also a CFA candidate, which is a certification in our field of finance. And she's got a ton of experience in the agile space, particularly in empowering managers and leaders to grow in their agile maturity. So when a company is fully embracing the Agile methodology, I feel like that manager leader level is the one that just gets pummeled with change, right? Our, our executives are saying, this is great. You know, we're going to save money. And I, I think our finances are going to love this. And even the, the people who've gone through training, you know, it's like, okay, I can adopt this new way of working. But man, the managers who are trying to schedule their resources or manage their portfolio, they really struggle. Have you seen this as well, Kataya? Oh, definitely. And I, I think the biggest change here is um, around where you said, like, managing the resources. Mm. So you're going to be managing a little bit different. I think it's a little less actually managing and letting your team do what they need to do to move the project forward. Mm. So it's where, like, in traditional management, I think we have a lot of command and control and kind of divvying resources based on what you want them to do. Mm. Whereas if you're moving to an agile team environment, it's the team itself that decides what's going to be done and when. So I think that's the biggest challenge for those managers and not having that normal control that they would have over the team. So what is the role of a manager then if we have these truly empowered teams that are making decisions, they've got a product owner to help them prioritize and deal with stakeholders? You know, what should a manager be doing in that space? So I think this is more where, like, the servant leadership comes into play mm. and um, ensuring that you are there to serve your team and, and keeping in mind what we were just saying, that the team is not there to serve you anymore um, mm. and, and that your whole goal should be helping the team mature. So whether you're kind of in a stakeholder position on this Agile team or you really are that product owner or that Scrum Master or team lead, um, you should be helping that team mature and making sure that as the team is moving forward in this project that they kind of don't really need you, but that they can go to you for any direction that might be needed. Mm. And helping and really, with obstacles, probably, too. Helping with obstacles, definitely. Mm -hmm. um, if you're a direct manager, definitely. If you're the scrum master or team lead. And then if you're lucky enough to have a coach on your team, absolutely that person's job as well. But really mm -hmm. empowering the team, you know. So I know we like to kind of throw around the word empowerment and saying mm -hmm. that we're empowering people. Mm -hmm. But um, it's not just putting lip service to that and actually empowering the team. So um, letting the team make those decisions, letting the team succeed and or fail, um, trust that the team is going to move things forward, and and do your part in making sure that you're building confidence and strength in the team so that they do really feel empowered in making those decisions that they weren't previously making on their own. And I love that. I think it's so important to let your team make those decisions and take ownership of those decisions. You know, I think traditionally, 
leaders feel like you have to keep the team from failing. But in many ways, you know, failing is a great way to learn. And as, as long as it's not a catastrophic failure, there's potentially some value there. And, and I just love that of as a leader, really stepping out of the way, letting your team become more confident, build up you know, that credibility within themselves. And um, it, it's just so important, I think. So I, I love that you call that out. Uh, yeah, and I and I really feel like as your team matures and they gain that confidence, they're just going to get better and better at making decisions. And as long as you're there to direct them when they need to be directed or support them when they need to be supported, you're not going to have those catastrophic failures like you're saying. I could see how that could be really uncomfortable, though. Like if you've been promoted because you've been a great individual contributor and you enjoy that space of making decisions and being really tactical and now you're supporting a team that really, if you're doing your job right, doesn't need you, right? right. <laughs> I mean, how do we move someone from point A to point B in that space? You know, how do we take an individual contributor who's now in a manager role um, and, and really guide them in empowerment? Do you have, guys have any ideas? Well, I think it depends on, like, what is their new position in this agile environment? So are they just staying the supervisor of the team and they're just making sure that the team is uh, well put together and they divvy up their resources depending on the projects? Or did that manager move into a different type of position? Like did they move into a team lead or scrum master position or did they move into a product owner position? They could have even moved into like a technical lead or architecture owner. I think it really just depends on where that move is. Um, but if they did move into the Scrum Master team lead coach, even architecture owner, technical lead, they really do have a very active role in the team. And, and even if those positions where you may not be needed in the future, that just means you may not be needed on that team. But that doesn't mean that the next team doesn't need you, right? So mm -hmm. your whole goal as somebody in a management position should be to make it so that your team doesn't need you so that you can move on to the next team. Yeah, mm. I think there's a fair conversation to be had around leaders and really for leaders to evaluate what do they want to do with their careers. So with an agile transformation, I think to Kataya's point, you know, you can go more of that uh, senior level kind of team member role on a program or an initiative if, if that's really where your passion is or I think there's a lot of opportunities in coaching as well and and really it gets down to the root of you know what fulfills you as a leader and if it's developing other people you know coaching and, and building a team of self-sufficient individuals that can make their own decisions that are confident um, you know I think there is a path in coaching and servant leadership but that might not be for everyone because again I think to some of the earlier points, people have been promoted along the way because they are great tactical thinkers. Um, you, you might need them for more of the strategy development in the actual, you know, technical capability. And and as a leader, you know, I, th I think it's a fair conversation of in this agile environment, do I want to be more of that coach, that servant leader that builds the team and really steps to the side until I'm needed? Or... Do I want to be more involved in the day-to-day -day work? And in that case, there's maybe more of a, a senior level role somewhere within, you know, a team lead, architecture owner, some of those other roles that Kataya called out. But um, I, I think it, it, it behooves the senior leadership to 
introduce that conversation of, you know, we need perhaps a different type of leader moving forward. Where are your interests aligned as a, as a people leader? And where do you see yourself? I, I think there's some self-reflection that needs to happen there. And thinking as a company, what we incentivize, you know, I think that's really important as you're thinking about moving into this agile space. You know, just training on the methodology, as we said, isn't going to work. We have to be thinking, okay, if we're moving from a command and control where understanding everything that's happening on your project, making those decisions, that's all happening at the manager level, starting to reward instead, giving that team the space to do that, um, giving the team the space to fail while also supporting them to move forward successfully. Uh, Kataya, have you seen that done particularly well or particularly poorly in the, the incentivizing space? Yeah, so I think at the beginning of um, every company's transition, um, it starts out pretty poorly because they just don't realize that they think, okay, we're going to move to Agile, which means we're just not doing waterfall projects, we're doing Agile projects. But I think what they don't really realize is Agile is actually pretty easy. It's the culture shift that's hard. So until they go through usually a year of very Mm -hmm. painful transitioning, it, it kind of hits them like, okay, exactly what Adnan was saying. We There's a particular type of person that we need in these coach and scrum master team lead roles because they really are a unique a unique set of individuals that can be in that role. Um, but it's not until they go through that painful experience that they realize that. So it does usually start out pretty poor, but I have to say that once you do make it to that, like, you know, that moment of enlightenment when you figure out, hey, here's this cultural shift that we're actually ready to make now, it's amazing. And when you have those people who are really like your cheerleaders and really your ambassadors of this change in the right places and the people in those places, and they are really evangelizing like what it means to be agile, do agile, whatever version you might be doing, it's, I mean, it's like life-changing and it, and for everybody, it's life-changing for your end kind of client, whoever you're servicing, whether it's internal or external. It's life-changing for your stakeholders because then they realize the lines of communication open up way more than they did before. Mm-hmm. Whereas in Waterfall, you just kind of take your your items that you're moving forward and kind of throw it to the next group and hope for the best. <laughs> but you don't really like stay on top of it, you know what I mean, until you have this big bang at the end and then you're like, oh, all these things. But when once they realize that um, our teams are doing what they're supposed to do, we're getting communicated to every single week or every single two weeks, and things are moving to the end client much, much faster, it's... I mean, it's like heaven at work, yeah. really. Kataya, it almost <laughs> sounds <amazing>. like <laughs> it, it almost sounds like it becomes the new culture, right? So as you have more exactly. of these wins, you start to do it this new way that just makes so much sense. It's like, why did we ever do it the other way, right? It's like this exactly. just makes so much sense, and in that way, you're shaping and establishing the new culture, the new way of doing things. So it's so when you have, say, you know, that new generation entering the workforce, entering your company, it's like, oh, we've always done it this way from their perspective. So I think right. it's so cool mm-hmm. just to see that 
uh, I guess that aha moment that happens, that yeah. that shift, you just see it in the team and you feel it. Um, but then it just becomes ingrained in how you do things. And, and it's just so fantastic to see. But it does take time, right? I, I think yeah. in the beginning, it's really hard. It, it's painful. And then eventually you have that aha moment to your point And it all just sort of fits together. Exactly. And, and what you're saying, um, like... As far as incentivizing, it, it you just don't even have to worry about the incentivizing the correct behavior because once we do have that aha moment, everybody gets it. Mm-hmm. And everybody just does naturally what you want them to be doing. Is that because that's what true empowerment is? Like we've given them the agency to move forward with the work we've given them, and so that in itself is kind of an incentive? Absolutely. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think that once you actually, once you're over the fear of being empowered, if you're a team member who's not normally used to being empowered and and you, and you get that freedom, absolutely for them, they just kind of want to run with that. And then once those people who are in the, what used to be a manager type of role, but may have switched to one of these other roles that we were discussing, um, you know, their their mindset just changes and they just adapt to the new role, I think. So it just kind of falls in place. But it really does take that initial legwork to get the mm-hmm. culture to make that mind shift. And as we consider the role of the change manager, we are a team member like everyone else in the Agile space. Um, and our work changes too. So Adnan, I was thinking about if you were a change manager going through this transition as well, you are doing change management on specific projects while also in the background trying to build that change capability with our end users. That's a painful space to be probably. You know, you're communicating a lot about a lot of smaller changes rather than, you know, guiding people very strategically through their change journey uh, for one massive change. Um, So I'm wondering, Adnan or Kataya, do you have any tips on how we can uh, build that change capability in the meantime? Yeah, I think as change managers on an agile initiative, you know, an agile culture, you you have to be comfortable with change more frequently. I would say that's the biggest thing. I mean, change is going to happen all around you in your day to day Mm -hmm. team dynamic. So you have that aspect to your point. And then, you know, there's a lot of changes rolling out to the end user. And you had maybe a year, two years before to plan it. And now it's happening, you know, every few weeks. So um, it definitely requires I would say more heavy lifting to do that. Um, mm. But I, I think eventually you pick up a rhythm, just like the Scrum team or the Agile team. There's a natural cadence that develops. And I think with change, you get there too. So what's worked well for me is I focused quite a bit on sort of a big picture change plan of, okay, at a high level, these are sort of the biggest change themes that I anticipate over the next year. And then in the near term, so say the next month or two, here's what I'm expecting to happen. And I will build a change plan around what I think is going to be the most likely outcome. And from there, mm-hmm. I can draw you know, those moments that matter to my end users. Because the reality is, something might go live in one of the iterations or releases that's relatively insignificant and do you want Mm. to spend all the time and energy promoting that if it's not going to be as significant as something else so you have to make those calls of what's really going to matter to my end user and Mm. 
you know, what can I perhaps put on an informational site for someone who needs that level of detail, they can still find it. So it's just being comfortable with change rolling out more iteratively. I've had situations where I thought something was going to go live and I communicated it and it's like, oh, this really cool thing's going to happen. And then at the last minute, it had to get pulled because it wasn't ready or something wasn't Mm. working at the last minute. And you've already built up that excitement. And then, you know, you have to prepare for some pivots in certain cases as well. So I, I think it definitely requires us to look at change differently, too, in terms of how we're preparing people, how we're deploying that change in the frequency, and then maybe how we're sometimes having to pivot because certain things change at the last minute. Um, and, and that's a change from mm-hmm. how we've traditionally done it. And that's the point of Agile, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Actually. So it's, <laughs> yeah. an iterative, it's an iterative approach. So that that approach could change weekly, bi-weekly. It, every single day, that could change. So you're constantly addressing those pivots. Right. Get used to pivots. Yeah. I would say that's yeah. the biggest thing. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> I would also add that, like I was seeing a little earlier, the Scrum Master or Team Leading Coach have really unique positions, but I would add that the Change Manager is right there with them. Um, I think that they all have a lot in common in the Agile transformation or even on those individual teams. And those three roles in particular really do need to embrace what it means to be Agile, do Agile, and evangelize that mindset. So... Um, I mean, those are your champions, right? Like of the whole Agile movement, right. like you really need these three people in particular to spread that word and make sure that they are being very positive about what it means to be Agile. Mm-hmm. Taya, can you recommend any specific training beyond just the methodology? You know, any training you would recommend to leadership that might be going through this transformation? Yes. So, you know, so again, it does kind of depend on your role, but there are tons of books. But specifically for leadership, um, Lisa Adkins uh, wrote a book about coaching agile teams. It is mm-hmm. absolutely phenomenal. Um I I personally used many exercises out of her book when I was the scrum master of my own team. Um, and I got to meet her in person, and when I met her in person, I I was in love. I mean, (laughs) this lady is just absolutely amazing. She truly is. So I think that reading what she has to say is um, a really, really good idea if you're really ready. So Mm -hmm. she does talk about um, transitioning from, like, a project manager or a regular manager in that command and control mindset to really, you know, being that empowering servant leader Mm -hmm. um and she does challenge you she does make you think like are you really ready and are you really the right person for this new type of role it's great wonderful i love that i think i think that's a really good one to read if you're going through that whole self self reflection conversation of really am i ready is this even what i want and a lot of times Mm -hmm. we don't give ourselves the space to do that right it's it's maybe been 10 20 years i've been a leader and then you know, ask yourself if this is something I still want to do, or maybe I want to go a different route. I think it's a very reasonable thing to ask yourself. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And the truth is, Agile's happening all around us. We just might not even know it. You know, our phones get updated, or mm-hmm. our logo looks different. And in our personal space, we've kind of come to accept that, you know, as long as nothing breaks. 
um, and and we get used to things more quickly. But for some reason in our workspace, we feel a little more territorial about it. Mm-hmm. So I think as a change manager, that's a great thing. The the universe is doing a little bit of the legwork for us, getting people used to that change. Um, but in the meantime, we have to adapt, look at our, our skill set, our toolbox, and think about how we can contribute to being more adaptable, being able to pivot faster, as you said. Um, so some of these agile resources could go a long way for us. Yeah, that's a perfect example. I always think that to myself, like, why do people have such a hard time with change? Like, if you mm. think about your everyday life, you're constantly making decisions on, okay, what do I have to do next because this happened? Mm. And and that's, like, very reactive, but you also make very proactive decisions in your life to every day, right? <laughs> like, this is something we experience every single day. So it is very interesting to me that at work we mm. struggle or some people mm-hmm. struggle pretty hard with that. But, yeah, it's your every day of your life is an agile experience. That's true. <laughs> life is agile. <laughs> Very <laughs> agile. <laughs> well, we want to hear from our listeners. If you have experience dealing with managers or leaders or individual contributors that, you know, you've really helped make a difference in this space, we'd love to hear from you. Our email is changenerds at gmail.com. And we'll catch you next time. Thanks, everyone. 